Hi all. Um, before we begin, Reese is going to sound like he's in a stadium talking because there's a slight echo. Unfortunately, this comes from um, his voice coming out of my headphones back into my mic. I've tried to make it so it's not too distracting, but we'll get it sorted for next week. Thank you in advance for putting up with it. Hello everyone, and welcome to a brand new thing, a whole new doohickey. It's a it's a new project, and I immediately need to sneeze. So this is going oh, well start. already. Um, this is Pictures Without Pictures, and it's a movie podcast uh, for a guy who doesn't watch many movies at all, and a guy who does. I'm Christian, um, and with me is Reese. Hello. Hi, that's Reese. Um, this is our first time doing anything like this, so apologies for any kind of technical hiccups in any way. We'll be getting this worked out as we go along. Um, currently I have two windows open because I only have the one monitor and I'm looking between them frantically to make sure nothing is going wrong. And then in front of me <laughs> on my phone I have my notes, um, the notes I've taken about our upcoming movie which we'll get to in a second. And it, that movie is Iron Man. We decided to start with Iron Man because I think it's a perfect starting point because, well, first of all, some background about me. Um, I the reason I really wanted to do this podcast is because I play a whole bunch of video games, I listen to a whole bunch of movies, uh, movies? I listen to a whole bunch of music, um, I uh, watch a whole bunch of TV shows, but I'm awful for watching movies. I'm the kind of guy who you can say, like, oh yeah, like you make a reference and it'll go over my head. And it'll be like, you know, from Jurassic Park, I'll be like, <laughs> oh, I've never seen Jurassic Park. It'd be like, you've never seen Jurassic Park? And that shit happens to me all the fucking time. It's because movies are like these hour and a half to two hour long time investments, and I have a shit attention span, so I just tend to not make the time to sit down and watch them. So I have huge gaps in cultural, um, pop culture, like, knowledge and trivia and all that kind of stuff. And, like, I love stories, and there's loads of stories I've never experienced because of that. Um, so that's kind of my approach to movies in life. What about you, Reese? My approach to movies is a lot more uh, fleshed out, I'd say. Um, I, I, growing up, I used to watch a lot of movies, um, varying from anything really from fantasy to horror. Uh, horror being a favourite of mine. Um, and I've, yeah, my, my movie knowledge goes even before my time, so. Uh, born in 95 and I've watched a lot of movies from like the 80s and early 90s as well so That's cool. um, my general movie knowledge is a lot better not not as like crazy good as obviously people that are older than me and bo actually born in these times typically is but in terms of just generally I have a general love for the movies and the music and the compositions and stuff and uh, yeah I just I find it super interesting uh, I know you know stuff about camera angles and that kind of shit. Yes, uh, it's it's very interesting. I, I do like camera angles. My favorite camera angle being the well, but sorry, my favorite shot composition being a dolly zoom, which <laughs> is great. And if you don't know what a dolly zoom is, uh, it's comp it's not like complicated, but it's it's honestly one of my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you told me about a dolly zoom once, and that's forever cemented. Me, literally you in my mind as the guy who knows stuff about movies and cinematography <laughs> li literally whenever a dolly zoom happens when I'm watching a film with either you or Molly and a dolly zoom happens that you'll literally just be like oh, it's the thing you like <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much 
I think, um, oh, what was it I saw recently where that happened? I don't even remember. I'll tell you that, this though, it wasn't a movie. <laughs> Iron Man, I'm thinking, what was, what was the they movie did I one, saw before Iron Man? It was they did one in Star the Wars. new trailer when Destiny 2's uh, new stuff came out. They did oh, one in that trailer. That must have been it, yeah. And someone was tweeting about it, saying like it was his pride and joy, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, was think, I was thinking, the last movie we saw in the theatres together was Star Wars The Last, not The Last Jedi. I always confuse that. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, and then I'm thinking movies I've watched by myself at home since, pretty much just been prequels again, and Rogue One and Solo. Um, also yeah. in Rogue One because I was on a huge Star Wars binge a few months or not a few months ago a few weeks ago um, but so my kind of history of movies is basically just the superhero genre and Star Wars and I'm a little embarrassed about it um, I don't have like there's the occasional movie like I've seen Arrival um, I wasn't expecting to suddenly start listening off the non-superhero movies I've seen so I'm suddenly put on the spot a little bit by myself I literally can't think of anything else right now, but there are others. Hmm. Um, and I've seen bits and pieces of movies, of uh, famous movies, like I've seen a little bit of uh, Predator. Um, I, I think I've seen that uh, if it bleeds, we can kill it part. Um, mm. Predator's I've a good seen, movie. I've seen some Definitely movies. Definitely dated, but a good movie. Yeah. I've seen some movies as a kid um, that I've forgotten most of now. So I have seen Jurassic Park, but the only part I remember is the guy getting eaten in the toilet. Um, it's funny how that stays with you. Yeah. Um, but the kind of idea of this podcast is to go through um, some classics like that, like Jurassic Park and maybe the Predator and Alien movies, and maybe even the, the famous Predator versus Alien. I'm joking, I know it's the other way around. Um, but stuff like that. Um, also, stuff will be limited by what we have access to. I personally have Netflix and Disney Plus, so I'm not sure what Reese has. I know he has Disney Plus. I have Netflix as well, yeah. Okay, me, cool. and, me, and, uh, me and Molly share Netflix. So. But we can always like rent something through Amazon or something if we have to. Yeah, yeah. We can always yeah, just pass it around. We can always chip in uh, for it. But I figured, even though I was talking about how most of the movies I've seen are the superhero ones, I figured we'd start with not just Iron Man, but Phase 1 of the Marvel Universe in general. Um, because... Firstly, Iron Man's perfect to start with because that's the only MCU movie I've never seen, which is kind of weird considering it's the one that... Well, I say that. I say it's the one that kicked it all off, but it's the original Hulk movie part of it because I think that's a point of contention. Or maybe that's just... No, no it's not part of it? It's it's different. It, different okay. actors, different story. Because I saw I saw an article about uh, the original... Well, well it depends on which one, which one you're talking about because there's the original original one, which was shot like a comic book. Oh yeah, no, not not fun. the not the super. And then one. there's the, the one, one which had uh, the oh god, I, I just remember it because there's the scene where um, I can't remember who the actor is, but he goes up to Hulk like, oh, is that all you got? Uh, uh, and then he kicks him into a tree and he dies. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds like maybe it should come. Um, there's going to be a great big list I'm going to compile at some point of possible future pictures without pictures movies. Oh, we didn't explain the name, although I don't think it really needs explaining. Um, yeah. Normally, names for projects do not come to me easily, but this one kind of did. Pictures without pictures, the whole premise is you go to the pictures, but we're not providing the pictures because copyright is a thing. So instead mm. of watching them with you, we're doing like, it's like a book club. It's like, you go away, we'll... we'll I should have discussed this with you earlier, but <laughs> we'll we'll decide what the movie is for next week, and then, yeah, um, or we could discuss it, I guess, uh, and then yeah. decide on it before the end of a podcast, and then 
and everyone who's listening or watching can go away and watch it between uh, now and the next podcast. Or if they're already familiar with it, you know, you don't have to watch it. Um, I feel I feel like it's we've set ourselves up quite easily for now though because we're doing phase one stuff. Yeah. So if we if we if we just continue doing phase one stuff for now, and then we'll just work out if we want to do it chronologically or in the yeah. order the films came out or however. I'm trying to think of the well. If we're doing it chronologically, that would start with Captain America and then yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's that's why Captain I Marvel. corrected myself. Yeah, um, I think is it Thor after this? Thor, that's a whole thing. Thor. I Thor, think Thor, Thor came out <laughs> next. Yeah. yeah, we'll look it and up. Then it would, and then it probably would have been Captain America or something like that. Actually, I can look it up right now. MCU Phase One Order. I'm pretty sure it's Thor. Uh, oh. Apparently, The Incredible Hulk is part of Phase One, and it's it came out after Iron Man, so it's between Iron. Apparently, hang on, let me make sure I'm looking is at the Is that one done random. by? Oh, I know the, the actor changed, but what is that? What's the director of that one? I'm trying to remember uh, what the director's called. You're gonna make me say his name, Louis Leteria? Is that his name? Okay, that's not the one I think of. Okay, that's fine. Um, so it goes Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk. So I guess that could be next week's film. And then I didn't oh, realize. It I goes... guess they did weirdly leave it on a cliffhanger in that one, and then did a mass, and then did an old actor change. Well, I've never seen that one either. Disregarded so. story. It's alright. Uh, and then it's Iron Man Two, which I'm surprised that it was immediately a sequel before anything else. Uh, and then for Captain America and the Avengers. Hmm. So that that could be our our next few weeks. That could. Yeah, that's that's a good setup. But yeah, Iron Man. Um, so growing up. There were two superheroes. Actually, there were three. There was Superman, which I didn't really give a shit about. Um, boring. <laughs> yeah, boring. Uh, although I actually don't feel that way nowadays, but I did as a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, Batman and Spider-Man. Uh, that was like the holy trinity for me. And I think I was aware that other superheroes existed, but I didn't really care. Um, it was just those ones. And obviously, I ended up watching the original Spider-Man movies and I ended up watching the Christopher Nolan Batman movies and that was kind of my relationship with superheroes in general for years until like 18, 19 years old I decided, oh hang on no, the MCU happened before that, ignore me, but like I got into (laughs) comics around like 19, 20 years old, like I was a late comer to comics in a weird way Um, I feel like most people grew up with comics and grew out of them I grew into them uh, because comics were awesome yeah, I didn't really do any comic stuff myself either. Though, no? in terms of superhero stuff, uh, Teen Titans. Just yeah. watched the show while it was on oh, TV. Oh, yeah, I watched that too, yeah. Very into that. Um, so, obviously, I knew... Um, I did know about sort of some of the other stuff. But I think in terms of general, like, what what heroes you're aware of is definitely... I think it's about the same. Just because, obviously, those were a bit more prominent because um, obviously Batman had consistent movies coming out as the Spider-Man and Superman I think had a lot of the older movies so I think yeah. it was just one of those things that kind of just stuck around because it was one of the I think I imagine Superman was one of the first superhero movies to actually properly take off so I don't even know the history of superhero movies like that but I think you're probably right I feel like it is just because but when, I know whenever you think whenever I whenever I, anything about Superman comes out it's always like the old stuff and about how the actor fell off a horse and paralysed himself but anyway <laughs> Oof. Yeah, as yeah, far I as I'm that, aware, it was horrible. As far as I'm aware, um, 
the I think the Spider-Man movies came before the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, and they really popularized yes. the idea of a superhero movie. But when you look yeah. back at our kids' cartoons that we grew up with, it's surprising how much of that stuff is influenced by superhero stuff. Like Danny Phantom, it's basically a superhero thing. Yeah. Ben 10, ben obviously. 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's sometimes i got to break myself out of a just Marvel and DC limited way of thinking. But mm. um, There was a... Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but that was, there, was a, there was one which was pretty much... I can't remember what it was called now, but there was one where uh, it was it was very sort of Asian themed, a Chinese sort of uh, style, um, and it was about uh, some kid who can turn into a dragon or something, and it was a whole thing with that. I can't remember specifically what it was called. I think he was called. I think the character was called Jake, but I can't remember the stuff for it. But the idea was he was being trained to use the power of a dragon, and his whole his whole catchphrase when he turned into a dragon was "Dragon up." Um, <laughs> God, that's dredging up some memories. But yeah, I guess that's that kind of cool. counts because it's it's the same kind of deal, isn't it? It's fighting crime mm. as a super being. I mean, so. I guess as far as mainstream media goes, cartoons are modern day comics for that demographic. Mm. So um, I guess oh, I shouldn't the be that surprised. We we uh, Blade as well, technically superhero stuff because that's Marvel, isn't it? Blade movies. Blade yeah. movies. Quite I old. don't know anything about. But Blade technically or. Marvel. <laughs> I've, uh, I've played I've, around I've as shows, him so. in Lego Marvel superheroes. That's about it. That's all I know about Blade. Um, I've, I've watched all the films. So, <laughs> cool. I'll add it to the list. It, what, uh, <laughs> this is this is somewhat related to current events, but there's a scene where um, there's a because it's about vampires, and there's a scene in the first film where um, a vampire attacks this pregnant lady. Uh, he's all burnt up, um, and a, a vampire attacks this pregnant lady. Uh, who I think in the story it, like it looks like Blade's mum or something, so that's why he like he goes to help, and um, he pulls the vampire off her and like shoots him, and obviously he's like the vampire's all burnt up, so he's like all like gross looking, and he looks absolutely monstrous, and uh, the 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 police come in, and the vampire roars at them, runs away, but then they shoot at Blade. Which obviously he he's a black man, so it's uh-huh. it's very like, and he literally yeah. turns to him and goes, "Motherfucker, what are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. Like it is such a good moment. It's so good. Yeah, it makes me laugh every time. It's very real. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get massively optophic. <laughs> I was gonna say as well, Iron Man. I I remember I knew of him like peripherally, mm. just kind of by name, and maybe I saw some artwork of him. I remember thinking, "Well, that's fucking oh, yeah. dumb." Like how is, like he's, what he's made of iron? Like how does I'm that work? How's he run around? Like he just sounds like a stupid superhero. I don't care about him. And even so far as when the movie came out, I don't think I paid attention to it at all. I think the first time I paid attention to the Marvel Cinematic Universe was when the Avengers came out, and everyone was raving about how good the Avengers was. Although I can't mm. remember if I saw four before or after that. I remember I saw four at my sister's house, um, which is an okay movie. We'll get to that in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> it is. It's, it's alright. It, it does. It, it does its job. I think mm. for setting up a character, it does its job. Though it does. I feel like it definitely doesn't hold a candle to Iron Man. Yeah, I and, think, and Captain America as well. Both very good films. Thor is makes, definitely the weaker of the three. I think what makes Iron Man for me as a hero is isn't so much the rule of cool of like, wow, look at him. He's in an iron suit. Well, not iron, but you know what I mean. Like he's in a, he's in a suit of technology. He's got all these missiles and stuff. That kind uh, of titanium like, gold alloy. That's the one he mentions in. Is the it? Movie. Yeah. yeah. So technically it's not iron. <laughs> I like how he did that anyway. <laughs> but um, I, 
that's not the kind of like I don't see that it's cool, but I don't see that stuff as like my shit, my jam, mm. my yeah. particular flavor of toast. I see that like more. you don't look at it and go, "That's my shit right there." No, what makes Iron Man shit. for me is Robert Downey Jr. Um, oh yeah, and I guess comic-wise, um, just the character of Tony Stark in general. But I say that with the massive caveat of the first note I have here is the quote, good God, you're a woman, and then, <laughs> oof. <laughs> Tony Stark, this is another note. Um, this is another note. I have a few notes down. Tony is a real piece of shit. <laughs> it, it's, so I have a counter argument to that. I don't think it's so much he's a piece of shit. Is that he is very um, direct in that he doesn't shrink a cut or anything. He's just very direct with everything he says because he has no filter. I guess, but that can still be part But again, of yes. Again, yes. It does make you look like an asshole, yes. But, but I think my point being, obviously, it is very much just he talks and talks and talks. I think the main takeaway from that, though, is he grows as a character from that starting point of oh, yeah. being an asshole. I mean, from just from the start of that, like, from that scene there, you can tell, like, he is not in that like he should not be in that position where he is yeah. he is completely out of his element there it is he he is so foreign in that environment it is yeah. hilarious which is why he makes jokes and stuff and you you know that start is very funny yeah and i i like how hard the transition is from he gets some joking and laughing and he gets more happy and then they're mm. all having a nice time and then reminder hi this is a war zone, and they all die horribly, and yeah. they. I think they did that quite effectively. I think the intro to that film was very good. Um, yeah. It sets it sets the tone very well. It's it it sets the tone of a man who is very much in a line of work which he is completely separated from, and when put into that environment, suffers massively, um, and it, obviously it it is very much affected. Because yeah. um, I mean, you, the, the way I mean, the way the way uh, Robert Downey Jr. acts in that is very good. But he he is very panicked, and he's just like exactly oh, uh, <laughs> like you and can I tell think, like he. I think he carries that there. energy all the way through his career as Iron Man. Like there are moments yeah. in Avengers movies where they are not afraid to show how fucking terrified he is. They give him moments yes. of holy fuck, all of these people around me are superheroes. I'm just an idiot in a metal suit. What am I yes. supposed to do against this? Oh, and we should talk about this as well. We're looking at this from a retrospective point of view, so we're not necessarily going to be avoiding spoilers on future Avengers films in this conversation. Mm. Um, we're going to be talking I was actually... a little bit about Infinity Get, sorry, War. Uh, we'll be mentioning, we might be mentioning stuff from Infinity War and uh, future movies, but mm. yeah. If it's specifically for the idea of Iron Man specifically, like branching off of that yeah. from this, for this one specifically anyway, obviously we'll do it for differently for each character will be focusing on the character rather than the movies themselves I guess um, but in terms of how their actions in this movie affect what they do later on or stuff like that you know yeah and how things are called back um, yes but also when we were just talking then about how it starts off really light-hearted and then it suddenly like hard cuts into serious shit I think that's also kind of an allegory for if I'm using that correctly it's been a while sorry um, it's kind of an allegory for how 
he is as a character in general. Like, he's always making jokes and mm. trying to make light of situations when there is serious shit going on. I think it was the perfect way to introduce him. Yes, it is. I mean, it, it, later on, it becomes obvious it is more of a coping mechanism as well. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say before about the terrifiedness of everything, um, it reminds me of the scene in Civil War when Bucky's going mad and he tries to shoot uh, Tony Stark in the face, but then he grabs it with his like weird oh, yeah. uh, mini thing. And it, the look on his face is pure panic. Yeah, because like, <laughs> he's not in his suit. Died. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like I and just I, caught a bullet in my hand. I very nearly died in that moment. I think moment. it's a little bit of imposter syndrome as well. Like I, oh, yeah. I'm like everyone else looks at him. We're like, wow, it's Iron Man. He's impenetrable. Mm. He's protected by the suit of armor. And he's like, no, because I know how all this shit works. So I know how it breaks that's, as well. That's an interesting point, uh, which I will bring up again once we get more into this. I don't want to bring that point up now because I feel like it will naturally get into it as we start talking about the other characters. Okay. Um, I was I almost asked you last night and then we had to save it for the podcast moment if you yep. caught this um, and I'm not going to die on this hill I'm not sure if you can really make a case for it but mm-hmm. I took note of every time Tony Stark, three times I noticed Tony Stark being viewed through the lens of a camera in the actual movie because at the very start the first time it happens he's in the jeep um, yep. and he's with the soldiers and he warms everyone up to him and the soldier says, is it cool if I get a photo of you with my kids? Um, and I also wrote down how that kind of dates the movie, that, that you use a digital camera instead of a camera phone, because obviously this was oh, a yeah. little bit before camera phones, uh, like yeah. just like a year or two before they really took off. When I say camera phones, I mean smartphones. Um, yeah. But um, that's the first time we see him, and that's like happy-go-lucky like Tony Stark as you see him on the covers of magazines and stuff. And then the next time we see him in front of a camera is when he's being interrogated. Um, yep. And I think that's a really important contrast because suddenly he's out of his element. He's um, a, wealthy, a wealthy rich man with no power um, yep. and he, his life is in danger and that's a formative moment for him and that is in front of another camera. And then the third camera I noticed was all the way towards the end of a film. Uh, if I can find my <laughs> note here. I should probably have read through my notes again before I started this. Hang on just a second. Um... I think it's maybe the press conference. Are you talking about the press conference at the very end? Yeah, when he reveals that he's Iron Man. Right. Um, Oh, no, 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 sorry. The third... No, sorry, I got that wrong. The third camera, specific one camera I'm on about is when... And (laughs) you'll laugh because I don't know the name of a bald-headed dude who turns out to be the main villain. Obadiah. Obadiah. Um, Obadiah Stain. He... uh, when he betrays him is the third time you see Tony Stark in front of a camera and I think that's important because it's false, his smile is false because he's currently learning how he's been betrayed by his close friend and mentor of I think they said 30 years Um, basically of a father figure in his life and that happens in front of a camera and I think it's important in a way that these two big moments happen in front of a camera whereas the first time you see him in front of a camera is the version of him that he wants to betray, he has to train. You could, you could also say like his his demeanor is his demeanor. I feel like there's one, well, there's one like the first press conference um, when he comes back after being rescued is also can be uh, put in with that as well. Especially when um, you put it together with the image that he looks at through the through the pro, through the Mark II mask when he's looking at the image on the TV screen. 
because the image is very specific and it's it's somewhat I think it's somewhat symbolic as well because um, it's Tony Stark is sort of like he looks like crap basically so obviously he's still all like injured and stuff and he's like half like he looks like he's like falling or like getting up or something and Obadiah is like looking over him from the podium yeah and it's oh, a yeah, very sort is. of oppressive sort of thing I that think that's definitely like that's the transition to be like okay this is like a person that's obviously oppressing Tony and it's becoming more and more obvious and then it comes out obviously in front of the camera and it's like oh okay <laughs> so, yeah yeah I also like this quote from um, early in the movie uh, when it goes back before he gets captured to show what he's like as a billionaire you know living it up kind of Hollywood lifestyle mm. um, he said to a reporter my old man had a philosophy peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy and she says back to him that's a great line coming from the guy selling the sticks yes. um, and I like how he didn't really have a quick answer to that apart from he mm. immediately went back into joking and misogyny that mm -hmm. was his like reflex he didn't have an immediate answer for yeah yeah, that, that, that whole I think that whole scene is very interesting because it does it does that whole interview is very important because it does show how because because there's something that's brought up later on a lot is how naive Tony Stark is to what Obadiah is doing yeah. and how the company is not really Tony Stark's um, even though it's got his name on it that's all that's really to do with him and they, they, it's got, something that's constantly brought up is his naivety and that kind of shows it as well because he goes on about oh we've done all this good stuff and it's like right but you're still effectively dealing in death is what the report is saying so and he's kind of like well no we're doing all this good like it's it's very like he, he believes what he's doing is good uh, and is a means to an end I guess and, and then obviously he becomes enlightened to that when he realises oh these people are using my weapons for horrible things yeah, I like how one of the first things he sees uh, when he's in his kind of fall from grace as he gets kidnapped is a Stark Industries logo on one of the, like, is it a missile that lands near him? Yeah, it's it's one of his missiles. It lands, like, right next to him and he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> and I think it's one of his shots where, like, the focus is, it, like, it changes focus from the missile to his face, like the, oh, fuck, that's Stark Industries yeah. kind of a thing. Um, yeah. I thought that was, it. like, maybe not subtle, but it was, it doesn't need to be. It was cool. That that is that is something interesting is the is the idea that um, he isn't Stark Industries, um, and I think he realizes that like a lot more as he goes along when he's trying to take responsibility for things, and there's yeah. a lot of points where he'll go, I need to take responsibility, and then Obadiah's like you, and he's like well, for the company of course, like he obviously he, he backtracks a little, yeah. but being like I need to take responsibility for the company because this is you know this is my name blah blah blah, blah. like he, and he goes off on that sort of tangent when obviously he his whole thing is that he he's trying to take responsibility because he thinks he is the reason that everything is fucked basically yeah um so first time we see tony's house my first thought was oh this is a place that i've seen get blown up a lot <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. an interesting perspective you get from having seen iron man 2 and 3 in the avengers movies first <laughs> yeah so yeah. i thought I, I thought i'd put a note of that um, yeah that's that's uh, that's yeah <laughs> I I uh, do you remember his pitch when he was selling the missiles? I took note of his. Oh God, yeah. I took note of his language when he said, "Find an excuse to let one of these off the chain," mm. which I thought was like, oh, that's so awful. Like yeah, he is yeah. literally just thinking of, look at my like we want. I want you to see my invention, and how clever it is and at that point in mm. time he literally 
does not factor in human life. Yeah, it was just it was just I mean, a it's, it's a, that struck me. He sees it as a big show, doesn't he? I mean, the way he acts and when the missile goes off and how he's standing, like he's some sort of messiah showing this amazing thing yeah. to all these people, you know? Which, by the it's... way, I see in promo images a lot for when, like, Sky Movies is on and stuff, which I think could be... Mm. A, I mean, it's a good shot. <laughs> it is a good shot. But, um, I also like how he stumbles a bit, like, from the, from yeah. the force. I'm not trying That's... to be like... Everything is symbolic, but like. I mean, I I also thought what you're about to say, I think, but carry on. Well, that, that was pretty much the whole thing. Just like the fact that he like he's like, whoa, look at me, like look what I've done, and then he stumbles a bit from the force of it. Is very, yeah. He. He's not, completely. I'm grasping at words now. He's not. <laughs> he's. I don't know. It's just it's just a, a sign of like how it's all a, fa- a facade, and he was kind of not fully aware of the actual level of destruction that they have yeah. maybe and that's like indicative of or indicative of a deeper problem yeah um i liked how tony's beard grew a little bit during his operation period did you notice that it was very very trim <laughs> and then it was just ever so slightly less trim when he woke up from being out of conscious for a while just to show that i thought that was a nice little attention to detail yeah yeah, it, it, there is a lot of like little things like that that I noticed. Um, another thing like that is when he's um, he sat on the sofa, like just like messing with his with one of his arms, mm. and there's and it, obviously the thought is how is he powering it? It's just like the arm bit, but there's a wire that goes into his chest yeah. from the thing, which I thought was a nice touch. It's just like oh okay, that's 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 they definitely thought of everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I put down here that I never knew the full origin of Tony and his, his, his chest thing. I later just referred to it as a chesticle in my notes, just for what you should know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> his, little ch- his chesticle. Um, I didn't realise yeah. it was literally just something to power a magnet to keep uh, shards out of his heart. That's horrifying and yeah. he, so he, I mean, And then he goes on to make it powerful so then he can run the suit. Yeah. That's why he makes it more powerful. It's like, oh, you've just made it so instead of lasting a week, it lasts 40 lifetimes. So he's like, yep. <laughs> but um, if I remember right, I think in Iron Man 2, maybe he solves that entire problem. But it's, oh God, it's mm. it's it's kind of horrifying. Just the idea that, oh, if this fails for some reason, I've got, you know, these shards, this, this debris, which is just inches away from my heart, which could kill me. I, and I think... Yeah that's kind of a little bit of insight for us as the audience to see the whole what he sees which is everyone looks at him and they're like wow iron man but he knows his technology and he knows how it breaks and i guess it's similar to in in a way kind of a way once you've built your own pc you know how it could break and it feels a bit more fragile to you than like when you were younger and you had a pre-built pc and it was just the box and if a box broke, it was just annoying because you didn't see it coming. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. The more you know, the more kind of like cursed you are in a way. But the, the stuff like that is like with with his like contingencies and stuff. Like he he is a smart person. He in things are engineered by design. And so like when he gets into moments with like oh you know you know when he's flying up and he freezes over, he has like a like a failsafe thing to like open the flaps. Yeah, although I do also like how that was Icarus trying to fly too close to the sun, but instead yeah, it was yeah. the moon. Sure. 
Um, and I like how they paid that off later as well in the final, I almost said final mm. boss fight. <laughs> in final the final boss fight, fight. yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's a point as well. Um, Obadiah full out comes out and says we're not ironmongers at one point. And mm. I'm just like, alright, didn't know he said that. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously the, the, the villain he plays is, is ironmonger, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured that out. But uh, Marvel yeah. movies are very we don't say the names of the, the the hero characters hero names or the villain characters villain names very often we kind of either assume that you know it or we're making a film for you um, as someone who doesn't read comics so we're not going to push that aspect of it and I understand that that's why they do that but at the same time I was like wait which which what's he in the comics again because I've not really read many Iron Man specific comics and I mm. from from afar it doesn't seem like he has very many interesting villains and I'd say that applies to his films as well. The most interesting Iron Man villain is Iron Man, like his own problems with alcoholism and his yeah. self-destructive nature. But you can't make a whole movie out of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'll, yeah, I'll be willing to see him try. Um, yeah, maybe a bit too dark though for a for a superhero movie. Mm. Um, considering the target audience yeah yeah true that's a, that's the thing as well I put down later on in my notes as well but it's a shame they don't explore a little more the betrayal of a mentor figure of 30 years because mm. that would be huge and in comics um, a lot of the time they're long running things so they have the space to explore that kind of thing yeah. but in movie in comic book movies it's more of a this is the villain of the movie, so we need to set him up and defeat him in the same movie. There's not really enough time for that much emotional strife, or maybe it's the wrong place to do it because of like the theme of the movie as well, but or just the kind of general tone of the movie, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, but they did include some sad parts. I put in big capital letters, sad beanie Stark, oh how he brewed. Because when he was captured and he was in that beanie, he looked so sad. He looked very sad. Um, but I, I liked as well. I think, um, I think this is probably a testament to Robert Downey Jr.'s acting. When he was being told about his problem and how he was hooked up to a car battery, he looked afraid and sad. And then when it, it, it was brought up that you know he was potentially a week away from death if they didn't come up with another solution. That was when he truly looked heartbroken. And I think mm. it's interesting that the most emotion we get out of Tony Stark, at least this far into the movie, is at the prospect of his own death. Like, yeah. not, not anyone else's. No, it's he's heartbroken that he might die. And I thought that was oh, yeah. quite important. And Robert Downey Jr. kind of nailed that. It, it's, it's funny because... It, the, the, in that whole like section as well when they're when they end up trying to torture him to get him to obviously agree to make the missile um it kind of shows how it, it is a very brief thing that basically shows how tony stark's mind works where he's like trying to think of a way to escape and then there's a flash of the um when he's when he's being dunked in the tank there's a flash of what would then be his little chest reactor thing yeah his little mini art character there's like a flash and it's like oh shit so this is literally the moment where he works it he works out what to do oh like, in this that. moment that's clever. yeah there's like a there's like, like a, a flash it's like for a couple head. frames yeah it's like I, for I a couple frames when they pull him out and it's it's literally it. of the it's literally of the uh of the thing he makes yeah the little art character and i was like oh that's really cool 
Like, that, that's how his mind works, where he's in this situation. And then he's like, okay, I need a plan to get out. Boom, got it. I can power... I can power something with this, but then what do I, and then obviously then they go, okay, I can, and then he draws it up and then shows off to um, uh, Jensen. That's cool. That kind of went over my head. This is why yeah, I'm glad it's there's something two I noticed. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> different perspectives, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. I like that really stuck with me. I did like that whole suit construction process. They did make as big of a deal out of it as they should have, I think. And yeah. I liked how like the kind of heavy metal music behind it had hints of the Iron Man theme. Um, mm. Ramin Jawadi, by the way, he he composed the music. I caught that in the credits. I was like, oh no wonder I like the soundtracks of this film. <laughs> I don't really care about a lot of Marvel superhero soundtracks, but this one was pretty good. I might look it up later. Yeah. Um, but why yeah, couldn't it's, they? It's a good soundtrack. Why couldn't they tell he was making a suit instead of them? Yeah, that's, that's 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 the thing. There's literally a point where he's like moving a leg, and they're yeah. looking at it and they're like, huh. <laughs> That's a funny missile. Maybe it's like a, a kick reaction thing. I don't know. Oh, it's so odd. <laughs> I think it's one of those plot holes you kind of just have to accept in a way. Um, yeah. Because otherwise, a lot of the Iron Man like origin story is compromised that way. Um, I think it's like a minor problem um, overall. That would be too much of a cost to try and fix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it, I thought it was it was fun to just be like, really? They, they, could, they couldn't tell? And yeah, I think yeah, there yeah. was a moment where they tried to have a thing where they were like, what's he doing? No, go in there and tell him to make the missile. But then they go back and yeah. he keeps making the fucking suit and they don't, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, I think the whole point is they, they've realised he's not making... He, he's obviously fucking with something, so they go away and try to scare him, basically. I think... Um, which doesn't work, because then he carries on making it anyway. I think uh, one way they could have maybe alleviated that problem a little bit, maybe not entirely, but would be to have a conversation between those villains and have them be like, wait, that's not a missile. Hang on, let's see what he's creating and then we'll take it from him. It might be better. Like, I think that, that maybe that was like a deleted scene or something, but I think that would have mm. helped uh, the feasibility of that situation maybe a little bit. Yeah. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing to try and work out with the with the circumstances that were set up, hmm. but you know. The mark the mark one I put is a chunky boy. It is a very chunky, very chunky, very weldy boy. Yeah, he's so he's white. Marks all over it. Yeah, um, he's a thick boy. The Iron Man we've got up on the stream right now. I'm not sure if that suit is from Iron Man One or if it's from one of the later films. Looking at it, it looks now. like it's from Iron Man One. But yeah. look, it actually looks like a toy. I think it's. I think it's just a toy that uh, someone's obviously maybe done something with. Basically, um, the way I'm I doing think this, it's Mark Three. The way I'm doing this to give a little glimpse behind the curtain that is this amazing production value. Um, I'm just <laughs> capturing a window which has a wallpaper engine wallpaper in it because I couldn't figure out visualizers. Um, and I don't have a webcam or anything. So, but I think I think mm. it looks good. I think it's neat. Um, I think it's neat. The dude who helped him make the suit uh, when he was like... Jensen. Jensen, when he was like, I told you I'm going to see my family. My family died. I've seen yeah. that in something else really recently, and it just stood out to me as a trope because of that. Like, it was done well, but I was like, oh, this again. <laughs> I think it's just unfortunate that maybe I'd seen something else with it, and I'm trying to think of what it is. Um, it might have been something like that happened in Rogue One, maybe? I don't remember. Uh, anyway, um, but the, the quote... Um, you might you might know what I'm about to say. Don't waste it. Don't waste your life. That's the last thing he says mm. to Tony. 
Yeah. And jumping ahead that... a few phases, isn't that what yeah. Tony mutters as he's dying in Infinite in um, Endgame? He's like, Is I it? didn't waste it. I didn't waste it. I think that's. Oh, is that what he says? Yeah, it's okay. a callback to the first. Uh, I might miss that. I, I remember a few people were talking about it after it came out. I might be wrong, but I might miss that if it was the case. I think that was really uh, cool. The I'll second he after. said it, the second he said it, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Uh, I'm pretty sure it comes up in some way anyway. So I think I think that was nice. He really took that to heart. Yeah, I mean, he does. I mean, you can tell from the film he does because he there's a point where he he gets quite emotional about it and says like that he shouldn't be alive, but he is and there's a reason for that yeah which is pretty which is pretty powerful and it obviously it convinces pepper to help him mm. true which is very good it's a very good moment and kind of that whole moment is very good and it kind of shows like he is carrying this quite heavily um yeah. and um he is he is doing something that is very un tony stark like and asking for help yeah uh so and um, I was going to say, I was not expecting the Mark 1 to fly. <laughs> it looked too big to fly. Yep. It did fly for about three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and when he landed, I was like, and he didn't like die from the impact. I was like, that's kind of unfeasible. And then I remember, oh, right, yeah, this is a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. Um, I noticed he used a peace sign to signal the helicopters that fly over him to find him, and that's the same sign that the soldier was uh, using in the picture. Yeah. I don't know if that's hugely symbolic, but I think it was uh, something that definitely... All of these kind of small little things aren't accidental, so it's worth noting. Yeah, it is all very, very good. It's there for a reason. Most things... It is one of those things that I like about movies is... It is movies can be quite easy to deconstruct because everything in it is in it for a reason whether it's a specific shot is done in a certain way or a certain thing is said it, it's all in there for a reason and I think, working that out is usually the more interesting part I find I think if TV shows are prose movies are poetry in that it's a shorter form of fiction or a shorter form of narrative I should say um, but there's more there to take apart and think about yeah um, Certain shows still do that really well as well, like Game of Thrones did for at least the first yeah. six seasons. Did re- like there was so much to unpack in every episode. Yeah. Um, but movies. Well, I it's because there were so many separate stories going on with that, though. Yeah, I think movies generally uh, do symbolism and stuff like that better. Mhm. Oh, because there's more of a focus with the series. There's so many different factors going on. With, with a movie there is a direct focus almost yeah. even if you do go off and do other stuff for a bit in that movie ultimately it's always going to come back to that main point that's true a lot faster than a series would I, I've i just noted I've just noticed the folly of my ways here because I've got a note that says wow a hologram window TV that's 5 by 4 when the news was on but I realised that's probably just because that's what the news channel was broadcasting and I'm sure I'm sure that <laughs> was capable of widescreen but <laughs> when I saw it I was like Huh, that's a little <laughs> retro futuristic. <laughs> yeah, well, the I, 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 that that lends itself to the idea that Tony Stark's technology is beyond what technology yeah, really true. is. I mean, there's that part where the the scientist uh, they're trying to make they're trying to make the the little arc reactor to power the suit, and then they're like, uh, "The technology doesn't exist." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, which is quite. Oh, his, when he said, "I'm sorry, I'm." I'm not Tony Stark. He sounded so okay. like apologetic. 
you brought that up now, so I'm going to talk about it. That okay. is, I would say, a very good theme in the movie, is that people aren't Tony Stark. Obadiah says it at the very beginning when he's accepting the reward. He goes, "Oh, um, I'm not Tony Stark," and it 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 kind of shows that point as he's going on. He's not Tony Stark, and that is that idea is pushed onto other people like that scientist that says he's not Tony Stark, and that whole thing it just keeps popping up i think it's an interesting thing to mention that he is such an idealized person um because of his incredible things he's done um which i i think it's just very interesting and the 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 people that are comparing him to him where he's just sort of there dealing with a lot of shit <laughs> yeah um which is i think it's very interesting it's, it's a it's a prominent thing that always pops up yeah is that he is a very unique person um well, he's and a genius. It's, yes, he is a very. He's, yeah, and it's very hard to replicate anything, uh, even close to what he can do. Yeah, yeah, that is that is cool. I didn't notice that, but I'm glad mm. you pointed out. I'll be looking for that in future Iron Man movies now too. People being like, "I'm not Tony Stark." Yeah. Well, the, in you'll see that in Iron Man two very early on, because um, it because when he's in the court case of all the. Um, all the like people who failed to like replicate his stuff. Oh yeah. And so that's immediately in your face is like yeah, they're not Tony Stark. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And then fucking what's his face uh, pops in with his whips and does that little dance thing with us. Iron Man Two is such a weird movie. <laughs> yeah. All I remember about Iron Man Two is for 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 dude with the whips and it was on a racetrack and also Iron Man had a, a suitcase which he threw down and yep. it put the suit on him. And everyone yeah, in the like, stands like was just like a everyone in the stands, if I remember right, which I might not be, it's been years. We're just like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, nice, polite golf clap, woo! And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mickey Rourke, that's his name, Mickey Rourke. The guy who plays uh, Whiplash is Mickey Rourke. That's something to note for this podcast series. Don't expect me to know any actor names because I have not paid attention to that. <laughs> Uh, the only reason I know Mickey Rock's name is because he was in a game, which I can't remember the game, but he was in a game that was no, it's notoriously bad, but every time he would kill someone, he would insult them about five times. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what it is, I'll have to look it up, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's fucking notorious, it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how mad would you be if your boss called you downstairs and was like, hey, uh... Yeah, sorry, yeah, no big deal. Um, could you just perform heart surgery on me real quick? Yeah, 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 no, yeah, no. <laughs> that scene was yeah. amazing. Like, the fucking, the fucking casual, oh, nothing's wrong, I'm just going into cardiac arrest. <laughs> yeah, that's Tony Stark to a T. Oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> I say it's a super high-stakes moment presented as humour, which is, you know... Yeah. I think we'll be seeing a lot of that every time we talk about Iron um, Man in the future. Awesome. Uh, so... Oh, sorry, Karen. There you go. Point. I was just going to move on to another point, honestly, if you've still got stuff to say about that one. I was just going to say, as a side note, when he's putting the Mark II together, it reminds me, like, the way he's talking to his robots, it reminds me of when I'm putting Lego together. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> the one fair enough. Yeah, was just, I don't know why, it just reminded me of it. That's fair. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the first flight stuff is pretty good. Um, oh, it's really and good. I think uh, that's what sells me on Robert Downey Jr. being Tony Stark, is that there is this incredible joy that you just feel from it. Like, 
the, the, the shot when he falls and obviously when he, when he frees over and he falls and then he manages to save himself and that shot where he's laughing as he comes out of that nosedive is honestly one of my favourite moments from that film that is really just because moment. of his reaction it's so good on that I put down that they tried to, they, they saw Spider-Man's um, you know in Spider-Man 1 when he's learning how to web sling and he skims the road yeah. uh, it's like oh they just went to one yeah. that didn't they <laughs> they did it from higher yeah, up yeah. <laughs> yeah they did it from higher up with you know <laughs> higher stakes yeah 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 for sure but like his reaction and just like how he's just so happy with everything from panic to joy it's yeah it's uh, it i mean really that's good. just that's just a tr- trope that happens a lot in spider-man as well and i i love that i love it when it pops up yeah um and yeah, i think it's very very well done uh also when he obviously first like takes off through the thing because mm. yeah it's just so much joy there and it, you can really feel it yeah um extinguisher bot deserves more <laughs> <laughs> More screen time. He's For just screen. trying to help stop threatening I mean, him. I mean, he did help in the Slash end. Him. Slash them robot. He did <laughs> help in the end. Gave 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 uh, gave him the the. That was the, a different the, robot, the right? Thing. Because extinguisher bot is literally just an extinguisher on a stick. I think he was just. I think he was just holding the extinguisher. Oh, extinguisher. okay. All right. That was the. That's why it was a joke because it was being funky or like for the whole time, and then did the one thing to save his life, literally. I guess yeah, that's more symbolism, isn't that's it? Why totally he acknowledge- that's why he acknowledges it. He dismisses important things for small reasons. I guess you can make a case for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean, you can probably include that. Yeah. Have you noticed that this movie is sponsored by Audi? Every car oh, is yeah. an Audi. <laughs> With that suit, that's like zoom out on the V8 engine. Fucking yeah. <laughs> don't don't make it more obvious, dudes. Jesus. I laughed the third time there was an Audi. I was like, right, I'm writing a note on this. <laughs> Something that I noticed as well, um, he does a lot, is whenever he's in some sort of stress, he always kicks the fucking, you know, you know those little sort of like mechanic board things with wheels that you use to like go under cars to do work on them? Yeah. Whenever he's in stress and it, like something's happened, he always kicks them out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> he does it, the first time I noticed he does it is when he, when he, after the Mark II flight. And he's, he's got, like, the thing on his head, because obviously he smacked his head. Um, and he kicks it out of the way. The second time is when he's obviously crawling on the floor trying to get to the uh, the other little reactor thing. Mm. I, can't, I don't even know the actual name for that. Um, but, yeah, when he's, got, when he's crawling along the floor, when he's, like, fucking dying, and he, like, kicks it out, he, like, pushes it out of the way. <laughs> I mean, part of me at that point was just like, just use it to get across the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, be cool, something like, I noticed is just that it kept popping up in those specific situations. <laughs> That's funny. It was, it, was, it was really weird. I wonder if that, uh, I wonder if that runs for Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 as well. Also, I don't th- think he really touches the cars or anything in those ones, though. I Am think I right? He full on focus on the suits. Am I right in thinking that, jumping ahead a bit, the kid in Iron Man, the kid who he rescue, rescues uh, when he's in the Mark 2 question mark or Mark 3, I forget. Um, that kid, is he the kid from Iron Man 3 or was that a different kid? Speed so uh, since I saw Iron Man 3. Don't know. Don't know, couldn't tell you. Also, friend, I don't think I don't know if this is gonna be a thing going forwards in Marvel movies, but there was a Stan Lee cameo in there. There was? Did you miss it? Surrounded. No, I saw oh, it. Okay, well you said there was. <laughs> I was like oh. <laughs> I was playing along. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um Yeah, um Yeah, he pops in uh, at the uh that event, doesn't he? Yeah. Also when he when, when he goes to get Pepper a drink, right, and then he gets distracted, 
I was like, oh, I was like, he never got her her drink. I was like, that's a really subtle indicator of, you know, the future turmoils in their relationship. And then she brings it up later in the movie. I was like, oh, okay, it's it's not subtle. It's <laughs> it shouldn't have been subtle, but I was like, I thought I was being really intelligent because I picked up on that. I, I was like, ooh, look at me. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't subtle, but it also played into the characters very well as well. Like, she would bring it up just to call him out. I think that it's, it's very much played into our character. So. That's, that also leads into. Like, oh yeah, remember that time you left me? <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it also uh, leads into my favorite point about the movie, which we'll get into a bit later. But um, I think we're approaching the final fight now. Hang on, have I skipped a bit? Oh no, this is when he goes back to the Middle East. He, I said they make Iron Man look powerful and, vi- and invincible, but quickly shirk that by having a tank shoot him out of the sky to make him mortal again. I thought that was very important. Yeah. The fucking the absolute sass on that rocket launch, Jesus Christ! <laughs> fucking fire a tank at me! I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he has his he has his uh, not looking at explosions cool moment, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, oh, that's that also a shot I see away. used in sky movies adverts a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, ah, uh, yeah, okay, cool. Guys, don't look at explosions. I get it. That might be where that came from. Actually, I don't even know. It's funny because he looked because the, the way the Iron Man suit is, he looks so angry all the time. So I see it as yeah. him just being very angry that he just got shot out of the sky by a tank. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's also, like whoever was in that tank, holy shit! I know, right? Good shot. That's some accuracy. Yeah. Like. They're like, I got him. Probably. Like, oh. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. So I wrote down very exasperated. He sent Pepper undercover. So this is um, this is a little bit later in the movie after the final fight starts happening. Um, I said he sent Pepper undercover. She's going to get captured, isn't she? He's going to rescue her, and they're going to smooch. And I guess I'll talk about it now. That's my favourite part about the movie. That doesn't happen. Like, yeah, she gets gets found out, but they don't go for the whole damsel in distress route. In fact, she helps him. He's constantly asking for her help in the final fight. And my absolute favourite thing, because I'm I'm not a huge Pepper Potts lover, but I just think, like, the way this all went down kind of shirks superhero movie expectations my favourite part about the whole movie is how he doesn't get the girl at the end she doesn't yep. kiss him and I think that's important <laughs> after you see Tony Stark like, just living this billionaire lifestyle if they're going to have a proper relationship it has to be earned and yeah. it doesn't matter if it was a valid thing that he had to abandon her for on that night when he didn't get bring the drinks back the fact that he didn't was a flaw and she makes him pay for it. She doesn't kiss him. And that's mm-hmm. probably one of the reasons why he ends up loving her, right? Yeah, yeah. I know in Iron Man 2 eventually they do end up smooching. But if I remember right, that's at the end of that movie. I'm, yeah. I might be wrong. That's my catchphrase, by the way, I've learned. I might, I might, I might be wrong. <laughs> well, that's, 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 a whole, that's a whole idea with the movie as well, is that it, it, the ending is very good uh, and kind of climaxes the entire relationship really because it's it's always built up that he wouldn't be able to do anything without her and that that comes that comes a lot more obvious when they're at the charity event and she says oh well you don't even know your social security number and all this stuff um eight and it it, it very much sets that up uh for the ending um which i which makes it uh, very good i think um that she ends up doing uh, all that to end up uh, winning the fight. Yeah. He's a billionaire, um, but he can't have everything. Yeah. Until I'm also. <laughs> it, it, what? While we're what, if we're on the subject of pepper pots, um, I want to I want to go into more about just relationships in general. Um, sure. In that, like people's relationships with Tony, 
in that um, so he comes back and obviously he then makes this grand claim that he's not going to produce any more weapons anymore um, uh, Rhodey and Obadiah both are like yeah you're crazy go chill out well Pepper is just like she's still like supporting whatever he's doing um, and and I mean when she starts when she sees that he's working on stuff she's like well I thought you weren't work- making weapons what are you doing like rather than being like oh you're making weapons again it's le- it's less of that it's more a case of oh well you made this decision why are you not sticking to it like yeah that's thing. true she's um, more like be true to yourself yes and then both Rhodey and like there's that part where he goes to see Rhodey and he's like oh I'm working on something and he's like I don't want to know about it and then leaves and it's like all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like. We, that's why you can kind of that's why the the relationship between Tony Stark and Pepper Potts is very real in the movie because it, it is built upon trust and there is like that mutual trust going back and forth um, whereas it, it it feels like he almost has to earn other people's respect and stuff through like when he eventually makes the Iron Man suit and then Brody's like oh that's cool and then actually like joins him on stuff yeah you know that is very true I like that analysis yeah. good analysis Reese. yeah <laughs> I just think relationships are a big deal on that because there's the whole idea of see the men- the portrayal of the mentor stuff as well. Mm. He also treats him like he's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, is it is interesting? I think it's just an interesting st- uh, study on just the, char- the characters and how they interact with yeah. him specifically. So shout out to the makeup team, by the way, because when when Tony had his chesticle removed, he looked like shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he did. You could really, like, feel just his absolute lack of any kind of strength. That was... I just wanted to make a note about that. That was really well done. Yeah, he looked pretty gross. Yeah. Um, why didn't Baldy steal a Mark III while he was there? Instead of going back to the Mark I, I I later saw that he had made his own modifications to the Mark I. Um, he, he, no, he made an entirely new suit. I, was, I thought he, he just took he the just original Mark I and then changed it. No, because the Mark One was in the room, and then they go, "Oh, I thought it would have been bigger." Oh yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Okay, he did make an entirely new suit. Fair enough. He was probably yeah, like, "Yeah, mine's better because huge. it's bigger." Do, 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 do. Yeah, pretty much. He's a bit two-dimensional, isn't he? He is very like at the end, yeah, for sure. Like he's quite cunning. Like, what one of the things that's interesting about him as a character is. The, I mean, this is a subversion of expectation because you expect him just to be, oh, he's a, he's just a wealthy man who was worried about losing his money because of Tony Stark's decisions that, you know, the Stark market stuff. Like, that's played up a lot with, is with the company and how their stocks are crashing as a result of yeah. what he's doing. And so Obadiah's trying to fix that and stuff, and then he's like, oh, well, the solution is shut Tony Stark out. But yeah. he plays it off like, oh, someone's trying to shut you out. Oh, like, and all this. Um... But then later on they're like, oh yeah, I ordered the hit on you back in the Middle East. So it's like, wait, but why? Well, he doesn't. He he says that. He he says that. Um, well, probably because he just wants to own the company. Because I guess. He, I think the idea is that he owned. He technically owned the company. Yeah. Until Tony Stark was twenty one, and then Tony Stark took over mm. because it was his. You know, it was his. Uh, it was his to have. Yeah. And so I think. Like just Obadiah just wanted more, I guess. I he guess he so. felt like he he put he put so much time and effort into running that company. Mm. Yeah, so this kid comes along and just takes it, you know. Yeah, I guess that's um, just my issue though. Is that he's 
he's a man who's driven by money and power and he doesn't bat an eyelid to selling weapons to terrorists and murdering people including the person who he's meant to he's I'm not saying you should necessarily make him sympathetic but it does make him very two dimensional just mm. I didn't really he was more interesting before the inevitable betrayal if you know what I mean I think that was the point though he he, 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 he seems he, he seems like he is very like calculated and all these things he's doing are that like you know what he's doing is very you know trying to shut Tony out trying to basically ruin him or whatever yeah. um but it like that that's the thing like he and then he ends up just having this very basic thing that he wants to do and all of it is driven by money and yeah. it, it is a very basic villain um i don't know what the word is now i can't think of it but it is very, very it's a very ba- motivation it's very b- basic villain motivation um yeah. Uh, rather than being just pure evil, which is typically obviously a lot harder to write, I think, because yeah. just being evil is like, well, why, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like being driven by this idea of money, I think I think it was a case of he'd had a taste of what it was like being on top, I guess, and had sort of he had that all stripped away from him yeah. um, because of he wasn't a Stark and he wasn't Tony Stark specifically. I'm not Tony Stark, you know. I think and that would have been. I think that's what kind of drives him as well is the idea that he isn't Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they could have shown that a bit more though, maybe. Yeah, yeah for sure. But I, I think I think there's enough context there to like yeah. kind of derive that from for it. But it it definitely isn't obvious for sure. Fair enough. Anyways, friend, I think that's a podcast. Unless there was anything else specifically you wanted to bring. Uh, let me just. I haven't referred to my notes the entire time, but I will have a quick look. Um, oh, I wanted to mention the CGI. What did you think of the CGI? I thought it was good in places, but in other places it was obvious and aged badly, some of the explosions. Yeah. Um, but um, I think where it really mattered, like, for Big Fight at the end and the actual Iron Man suit mm. stuff, I think that held up and was good. Yeah, that was very good. I, I, I think I think the, is- the, the, the only issue I had, I think the CGI was very good. I mean, it came out, what, 12 years ago? And it still looks yeah. pretty good. It still holds up. I mean, yeah, it's just some the of the CGI in that was better also. than Black Panther, and Black Panther had some issues with some of the CGI. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> rubber Man uh, issue. Um, <laughs> but, like, the, o- the only real issue I saw with CGI was the part where he comes out of the cave um, in I Mark One, that, yeah. it looks like it looks like claymation. It yeah, was it does, doesn't it? Very. And also, just before he issue... comes out the cave, when he shoots that guy against the wall, that didn't look right. Yeah, it, that entire sequence yeah. looks a bit weird when it came. But to like, the... it's just I, I think it, it, it's one of the things that people say about CGI is it's easier to shoot CGI in, in darker scenes, which is why it looked fine in the scenes where he was in the caves but as soon as he came out into the sunlight you could see like it was CG like, do you think you that's <laughs> why he was doing like the fight scene at the end and his first flight scene they were both at night I mean it, it makes sense for the context of the place as well as that yes I think it makes sense and it's like same yeah. reason why Venom is at night you know it, oh, it I've never seen Venom context, I like this for but this. Uh, <laughs> CGI I, Venom's alright yeah. Uh, I think it's an alright film. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it oh, okay, podcast done for that one then. <laughs> <laughs> it does have glaring issues, but the CGI in that is pretty good. I yeah. think it looks good. Like yeah. even in the light, like in the scenes where it's quite light, it, it looks good. I guess it's because um, you have more like shit to calculate when it comes to lighting and the way the sun bounces off in the right ways and shading. 
Whereas at night, yeah, it's just because because you you just draw more attention to it as well. Where it's dark, you can hide things. Yeah. So you can hide bad CGI. So you can kind of like cut some corners and stuff here and there. But in terms of just generally, I, I think the Mark II looked a bit funky in places as well. But um, for the most part, it, it came out two thousand eight and yeah. it looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I right. think the biggest takeaway is you look at the Iron Man suit and you can kind of like put it next to the Infinity War Iron Man suit and be like, yeah it looks they both look like iron man yeah. suits instead of one going yeah, oh yeah. that one doesn't look quite real and i think yeah. this i mean this set the standard right for superhero movies like it wasn't just the story and like the action scenes and that it was the look of it that made people go oh fuck we should be doing superhero movies we can do these now like the reason why yeah, people yeah, yeah. didn't make we these before the was because of the technological limitations yeah yeah so um yeah, but I yeah. think that's a it, great it, point. But that's 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 more or less it, I'd say. Um, I just wanted to say, like, in general summary of the movie, it, it I think its general idea is it does subvert a lot of hero tropes, mm. um, and it does feel very messy for a hero movie, if you know what I mean. Like, the way the, the way it's sort of presented is a very messy superhero movie because it, it's, it like, goes back on so many of these tropes in, like, in that it's set up being, like to start with you shouldn't feel good about this character Tony Stark yeah, but then exactly. he tries to redeem himself for the entire yeah. movie and instead um, of most origin superhero movies they start off powerless and then they exactly. earn things throughout the movie and they become powerful whereas mm. he starts with power but he has to earn his humanity yes it's kind of the other way around in yeah. a way but it, with, with Iron Man it's more of an understanding of his humanity I think yeah because he, he 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 is one of those things because he believed he was going to die it did somewhat wait awaken something that was like okay oh this is how I, other I'm people doing feel when they things. get my guns pointed at them <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly like it it's like it's all good pointing a gun at someone at someone but when they're pointing it at you it's a very different thing yeah but yeah very good film yeah. in summary <laughs> in summary um so next week those listening who want to watch along with us I better check it's on Disney Plus hang on a second <laughs> um, I'm not sure if it is <laughs> I, what, what were you The Incredible Hulk because that's the next one in the MCU oh god I, do you think, I don't think they would have I think they probably would have buried that and rightly so <laughs> Incredible Hulk it's oh, not that bad it's not that bad of a movie no they just have the animated series should we? Should we? S- we'll, we'll ignore that. Just because okay. I feel like it's fine without it. I feel. I feel like you don't really need it. So uh, because the story that they do for him in Avengers is good different. enough, I think. Yeah, it's like a different actor. They hardly reference him at all in any way, like his past. Uh, yeah. So we're skipping the the Incredible Hulk. I hope that's okay with everyone. We maybe we'll go back in, f- in a future episode and look at it, but so it doesn't may, may add much to the yeah. MCU anyway. So. Mm. Um, that's some admin we just did live on podcast hope you enjoyed that next week we'll be watching <laughs> Iron Man 2 and I get to keep this wallpaper engine uh, set up for another week is that, is Iron Man 2 still phase 1? it is, it's the next film oh. it goes Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2 and then 4 Captain America and Avengers oh, I shit. thought Iron Man 2 was phase 2 as well but Iron Man 3 is the first movie oh. in phase 2 what happens in Iron Man 2 again? Uh, some dude has whiplash, uh, whips and Tony has a suitcase. The end. <laughs> also, I'm just trying to remember one. if there's any references to other stuff. Mm. 
like other MCU stuff. Oh, the post-credit scene. Because I know there isn't Thor. I liked how the post-credit scene for Iron Man was just, we're doing, we're doing an expanded universe. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, guy, uh, fucking, uh, he just turns up and he's just like, oh, we're doing an extended universe, and you're invited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I know at the time that was probably super exciting, right? Like, wait, does that mean they're doing, like, like four as well? Like, weird. how's that going to work? Is it going to be in the same world? Like, yeah. It was it was weird out of context for, for, for me when I first watched that, I gotta say. <laughs> it's like, huh. But yeah. That's, that's a podcast, I do believe. I have thoroughly enjoyed my time um, on this podcast. Also, something, something, something I forgot earlier. Uh, yeah. The Iron Man song is by Black Sabbath. Yeah. And also, um, Back in Black Burn. plays at one point, but I don't think that's Black Sabbath. I think that's ACDC. Oh, okay. Was it Def Leppard? Oh, I don't know. I need to look this up now. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I need to look this up. Uh, well, thank right. you. It is ACDC. I was right the first time. My music <laughs> knowledge has not betrayed me. <laughs> thank you for joining us on our podcast, uh, Songs Without Songs. And we will see you next week. Uh, same I really like this guitar riff in this one point. <laughs> same Twitch time. Same Twitch. Rhys, should we do 5pm next week instead? Uh, can do. Yeah. If it's better. Because um, I feel a little bit rushed for time right now. So... Um, that's kind that's of. Fair. If it feels like I'm trying to rush the end of a podcast, it's because I am. <laughs> Sorry, I'll oh, plan better for next week, and we'll start at 5 p.m. So that's what we'll do. Mm. Uh, the awesome. vod for this will be on the YouTube channel, and I'm going to see if I can do something about making an audio file available to put on devices where you can actually listen to it while you walk somewhere instead of the stupid YouTube app where you need YouTube Premium to do that, and it doesn't yeah, even exist sucks. anymore. Yeah, um, but for now, this is what's going to be up. So thank you for listening slash watching. Um, and we will see you next week.